Welcome to another sofa, to another living room. Welcome to another week of HT Sunday Online. My name is Steve Conacher. I'm on the staff of HT and welcome to my house, which is also my recording studio and my gym, if I'm feeling good, and my social space and just about anything it could possibly be at the moment, which I'm sure is also true for many of you. It's Wednesday as I'm recording this, the 25th of March. Uh, the world is a pretty crazy place and I'm aware that watching this are going to be all kinds of people in loads of situations. I'm aware of people around me at the moment in various stages of isolation, uh, perhaps of illness, of anxiety and fear for the future, uh, of working out how to do this whole working from home thing without going crazy, uh, of homeschooling, of being homeschooled, there's so much going on. And this pandemic, this crisis is, is going to be affecting all of us in all kinds of different ways. So what I want to think about for a bit today is where can we find hope? What can we cling on to in these crazy times? It's funny what I find myself doing. I've been working from home for a few days and uh, slowly going crazy. And um, I find these, these objects around my house which suddenly become distractingly interesting. Like, for example, my ukulele, which I never thought I would pick up and play, but I have done for hours. Liv, my wife, has had to endure many a poor performance of uh, pop songs on this machine. If you want to give me any lessons, just, just let me know. Uh, I've also discovered, <laughs> you're going to think this is really sad, uh, this solitaire game. One of my uh, COVID-19 goals is to work out how to beat this game without using Google. So uh, if you know, don't tell me, because I really, I need the satisfaction of working this out on my own. <laughs> um, and hey, you know, it's been sunny outside. It's so quiet on the streets that you can hear the birds singing, which is amazing. Uh, but I also know that April is coming and at some point it will rain and you know we will get bored and things will get hard. So my question is where can we find hope? What is it that we can cling to? What is it that can carry us through this season of the world? I remembered this week in the midst of everything going on, it's Easter. In two weeks time, Easter is coming. And it, it's actually, it's really sad that Christians won't be able to gather and celebrate. You know, we can't have Easter egg hunts in the same way en masse. But another part of me wonders whether this isn't a really, really great time for Easter to be coming this year. I mean, what a moment in the midst of this crisis to remember that God didn't self-isolate. God didn't stay at a six foot hygienic distance from humankind, but he, he came down. He entered into the mess and the brokenness and the failure of the world. And he carried it in himself. You know, he allowed himself, if you like, to be infected by our failure. So that he could die, so that it could die. And what a time to remember, you know, in the, in the midst of anxiety and worry that the God who made the world cares for us enough to do that. What a time to know in the midst of threat to, to health and to life that this Jesus, he, he died for us and he also rose again to offer out his hand to the world and say, any who would trust in me can have this life, 
this life now and this life on the other side of the grave. So maybe Easter is coming at a perfect time. What a moment to celebrate that hope. But there is one particular aspect of hope that I want to focus on today because it's something that has challenged me a lot actually in the past few days and also something that I have found deeply, deeply significant in this time. We're going to read together a passage from Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 22. Uh, You can open your Bible. Uh, Ephesians is um, written by Paul who is one of Jesus's first followers who met the risen Jesus and it's written to Ephesus, a church in modern day Turkey. And we're going to find out a bit about them. So let's start off by reading together verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians chapter 2. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. I wonder when was the last time that you uh, felt like an outsider or felt left out from something. I grew up in the 90s and I remember very visibly all of the playground fads that swept across the nation. Uh, You know you come into the playground and there'd be a group in the corner who had Tamagotchis or they had like Pokemon cards or my personal favourite they had those shoes the shoes that light up when you when you stamp on the ground, flashy shoes. And then there'd be this group who had, all had flashy shoes and you'd be on the outside and you couldn't really join in because your shoes were just normal and let's be honest, more functional. But you couldn't join in with the flashy shoe crew and so you beg your parents, please, mum, can I have flashy shoes? And eventually they give in, you know, for the sake of peace and quiet. And you go back into school and you're part of the crew with your flashy shoes and then you start kind of being like, you you can't hang out with me because you have normal functional shoes. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I think that's a bit like what's going on with the Ephesian church. Paul is reminding them there was a time when they felt left out. They were on the outside, if you like, of the cool flashy shoe crew. If you go back, the kind of context of this, if you read back in Genesis chapter 12, God chooses Abraham and his descendants to be God's people. And God says to them, uh, says to Abraham, I want you to be a blessing to all nations. It's like it's like giving someone a chocolate box and saying, go and share it with the world. Um, But what happened by Jesus time and by the time of this church is that um, there, there was a the most prominent group among God's people were the Pharisees, which means the separated ones. And they had come to a place where they decided, well, what we're going to do is we're going to study God's word and we're going to get to know him. But they'd lost the idea of sharing that with the nations. They had hoarded the chocolate to themselves, if you like. And so there'd been this this crew, you know, the flashy shoe crew who knew God. And then there were the, the Gentiles who didn't. Except it was slightly more significant than not having a chocolate or a flashy shoe. Paul spells it out in in verse 12. To be be on the outside of God's people meant being excluded. It meant being foreigners. It meant not having God's promises, being without God, being without hope in the world. Not a great situation. So let's read on and find out what Jesus does about that. Verses 13 to 18. But now in Christ Jesus, 
You who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. There is so much in this passage that I won't have time to go over and I would encourage you to to think about it, chat about it, read about it at home. But I think the point is this. Jesus redefines the flashy shoe crew. (laughs) Jesus redefines the in crowd. And no longer can there be any exclusion based on the kinds of things that have excluded humanity for thousands of years. God's people cannot be defined by race or by nationality or by class or by economic status, by gender, by intellect, by history of achievement or history of failure or anything like that. Because of Jesus, Jesus becomes the way in to the flashy shoe crew. Jesus becomes the way in to God's in crowd, God's people. And that invitation is not exclusive. That invitation is offered to the whole world on the same grounds, which is that Jesus died and rose for every single one of us to invite us into God's family. I love that in verse 17, Paul puts it like this. He came, Jesus came and he preached peace to you who are far away, peace to those who who used to be outsiders, but also peace to you who are near, peace to the people who thought they were already okay, thought they were already the in crowd because everyone needed rescuing. And verse 18, through him, through Jesus alone, we have access to the Father. God's community is redefined, not by any of the things that have excluded humanity, but only by those who trust in what Jesus has done. But what does this mean for us? I realise that maybe I've gone on a slight tangent away from our current world situation. So how does this apply to a world in crisis, a world in pandemic crisis? Let's read the last few verses of this chapter, uh, verses 19 to 22, and let's dig into those together. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Again, there is so much in these verses that we don't have time to to dig into. Again, do have a read of it at home, have a chat about it, have a think about it. I think the point for us is this. Jesus' death and resurrection for us. It's not just about our relationship with God, though that is an incredible thing. It's also about a restored relationship with one another. It's about creating a new family, a new community. And God's gift for us, God's hope for us in the midst of this crisis that is going on in our world, it's not just our relationship with him, but it is also the family that he has given us. Hope in this time is to be found in God and it is to be found in God's family, in one another. 
So what does this look like? Kind of a bit more practically. I think three quick things as we draw to a close. Firstly, it encourages us to reach out for God's family. I remember when I first showed up in Cambridge nine years ago, I, uh, I think I thought I had to be all things to all people as a Christian. I needed to have the answer to every question and I needed to be able to respond in, in the right way to every situation on my own. You know, if I had a hard day at work, I had to know what to do about that. If I, if I was feeling down, I needed to kind of find the joy. And I would describe it like I became a bit like a Swiss army knife Christian. You know, I had the tool for every occasion. But that doesn't really work. It doesn't work. God doesn't call us to be Swiss army knife Christians. He calls us to be more like penguins. <laughs> penguins who, to face the elements, to get through the world around them, what they do is they huddle together. They work together. And I think in this time, there's a real encouragement for us to reach out for God's family. To, you know, some of the most significant moments in my week have been praying together with people, whether it's my home group over Skype, uh, whether it's a whole bunch of youth leaders from different churches, whether it's at home, whether it's with friends over the phone, whatever. Those moments of just being able to share, hey, look, actually, I do need prayer. This is what's going on. Being able to pray with people, reaching out for God's family at this time. And then maybe there are some watching this who you're not connected. And if that's you, I would encourage you, get in touch. Um, I know that Ollie Benyon, Associate Vicar, and a team are currently working on how to connect people at this time, how you might be able to be integrated into this family of hope. So if that's you, please get in touch, because I think this is a time above all those to reach out for God's family. The second thing I think is reaching out to God's family. And maybe what I'd encourage you to do when this video finishes is think or maybe chat with those with you. Who is it that I could reach out to today? You know, with a little message of encouragement or with you could write to someone or pray for someone. Who is it that I could reach out to with hope, with love, with encouragement? Because at this time, those things, they mean so much. They are absolutely gold for people right now. And wouldn't it be incredible if this was the time when we reached out? You know, you could think one a day, who could I encourage? Who could I love? Who could I serve practically at this time? Reach out to God's family. And finally, reaching out as God's family to the world around us. I read this week uh, the story of a plague that swept across the Western world in the third century. And various historians pick up on this and they talk about how Christians at the time were, were notable for the way that they cared and they served society. I love this. There's a letter from a uh, Roman emperor. This is actually later after the event. And he's actually he's complaining about the Christians. And he says, uh, you know, oh, it's so frustrating the way they've grown because of their, quote, benevolence to strangers, their care for the graves of the dead and their pretended holiness of their lives. And it's a disgrace that they support not only their own poor, but ours as well. I love that. Wouldn't it be incredible if historians, people can look back on this time and say, ah, oh, the Christians, they looked after one another, but they looked after their streets as well. They looked after one another, but they looked after their communities as well. They looked after one another, but they looked after people they had nothing in common with. Why? 
because Jesus gives us a family. He gives us a blessing to share with the world. What might it look like for us to reach out as God's family, to serve, to love and to share the truth, the hope with those around us in a time like this? Let me pray for us as I draw to a close. Father God, thank you for the hope that you have to offer us. In the midst of crisis, in the midst of fear and everything else, thank you that you give us one another. I pray, Lord, that even when we can't be together, even when there's weird time when we're separated all over the place, God, please would you build us into even more of a family. Please would you show us what it means to share hope, to find hope in one another, what it means to strengthen one another in our faith in you. Please build us up. And please would we see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.